Good morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Monica is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. And June is busting out all over. I guess we all hope that we'll be able to break out soon, Monica. There are some hopeful signs as COVID case counts are down and more and more are getting vaccinated. But we're not out of the woods yet. Well, very appropriate that you mention woods. <laughs> In the literal sense of the word, we'll be talking to people who work with wood to enhance your home. And in the figurative sense, well, no, we're not out of the woods. And it, it seems that coping with COVID is a constant topic for discussion. And it was the focus of a recent BBB Power Chat. BBB Power Chats are free webinars offered each month with an expert who shares their experience with businesses. The May Power Chat was titled Leading Through Change and Ambiguity and featured Greg Schinkel, the president of Unique Training and Development. The webinar is available for viewing and later we'll bring you highlights and information on how to access that video. And we'll also bring information on another business-related topic, hiring and retaining employees. Now we welcome our first guests. We spent our time at home over the last 15 months, and as a result, many people have decided to do some sort of renovation. Jay Berry Woodcraft and Design offer kitchen and other renovation and design services. Jeremiah and Angela Berry, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between manufactured kitchen cabinets and your custom built cabinet. Sure. So um, from a design standpoint, a manufactured uh, kitchen will be more limited in terms of what you can achieve. There's usually set sizes and depths and finishes and colors for the cabinetry that you have to choose from. The uh, lower price point that you'll often find for a manufactured product often reflects the fact that it's made with a lower quality of materials, often composite materials that are imported from uh, areas around the world that might not have the same standards of environmental care um, or sort of regulations on chemicals that they put into their products. So when we started our company, it was a priority for us to um, create a product that not only um, gave our clients the function and beauty of a custom kitchen, but also had a real concern for the environment. Um, so we source all of our wood locally and use domestic plywoods that are certified to be free of the harmful chemicals that are found in other um, plywoods from around the world. And um, we believe that these, this creates a product that is better for the environment um, responsible to our environment and also healthier for our homes. Tell us a little bit about how uh, the custom build fits into the kitchen uh, as opposed to the manufactured or, or uh, pre-manufactured units. We, we work with both homeowners, we work with builders, designers. Typically when we work alongside the homeowner, we will come out do a site visit, we'll chat with them, figure out what they want, um, figure out uh, their hopes and their dreams for their kitchen. Uh, and then we'll, we'll take the measurements and we'll design something up. We'll give them a few different options and walk them through the process. And 
the, you know, the custom building cabinetry gives you a lot more options, right? Because especially in some cases where you may have a smaller kitchen or just some unique designs in a home, uh, with standard cabinetry, you take those boxes and you just put them in and then you fill in with spacers, right? But you can design cupboards that are smaller or at a certain angle. And so that really can change the use of your space a lot more by having something custom built. Yeah, especially with smaller kitchens, um, trying to utilize all the space possible. Um, we've run into problems where people are taking down bulkheads and then they realize there's actually things behind the bulkheads. So then we revamp the cabinets to be able to fit that or hide the bulkheads or hide things behind. Um, yeah, it's. It, I feel like it's more important with the smaller spaces where you want to use. Um, yeah, every inch to pot, its maximum. Yeah. <laughs> As you guys mentioned, you try to source local wood and use wood that is environmentally responsible. So, or uses environmentally responsible processes. So, you know, what motivated you to, and you really do focus a lot on the quality of the work that you do. So what motivated you to be so specific about focusing on the environment and also the high quality work? Because that does come with a little bit of a different price point, right? Than you would get a kitchen for at a big box store. So what was that motivation for you to provide such high quality service? Well, we knew that we wanted to build kitchens from scratch. And um, me personally, but also Jeremiah in a way, like I grew up on a farm, I'm surrounded by bushland around me. And we've moved back to the farm actually just in the last few months. Um, and so growing up in um, this kind of environment where um, that's sort of our norm, Jeremiah also grew up in the country. It was just um, important for us to figure out a way that we could um, build our business and protect the environment around us. And so doing everything from scratch, it actually made the most business sense and made the most, um, you know, because of our values sense to look outward um, to those around us close by us who are um, harvesting the wood that's local to us. And it's actually worked out well. We've um, built relationships with a small local mill um, just down the road uh, who get the wood locally. And so these small businesses helping small businesses, um, it's, yeah, it, it's not just for the business side, but, but also for the environment side. So how involved does the customer get in choosing the wood product that's going to be used? Typically, I mean, any wood product that they want, we can we can use most of our kitchens domestically we, we only use domestic hardwoods we we haven't branched out into any imported hardwoods because we believe in using those those local hardwoods typically our cabinets are most of the cabinets that we've been building are maple so maple face frames cabinets with a, a pre-finished maple interior um, all our drawer boxes are maple drawer boxes. And uh, even like all our painted kitchens, they're all, all maple underneath. It sounds as though this might take some time. How, how long will it take? So typically for us, a kitchen takes about, about four to six weeks from start to finish. 
However, with the process of getting other trades involved and because we're smaller, how our scheduling is, we can't take on really multiple jobs at once. We focus on one job and then the next job and the next job. So our scheduling um, would be a little farther out than the typical uh, bigger kitchen companies. Uh, right now we're booking 2022, but then at the same time, speaking with all the different trades, they're just completely swamped. If you're starting the process, you want to start as soon as possible because it's not just kitchens to line up. Yeah, it's a process. So what should some homeowners consider between, you know, when they're thinking about, do I want to go with a custom cabinetry job or do I just want to go with something straight out of a box store? So from a design standpoint, a custom kitchen will give you those endless possibilities, which for some people is exciting. Some people might find it a bit intimidating um, that there are so many decisions to make. So a a homeowner looking into custom cabinetry will have to know that there are going to be more more design decisions that they're going to be making. But we try to keep that as, as simple as possible. Lead time is definitely a factor sort of goes without saying that they they do take longer. So you want to involve your cabinet maker as early on in the process as you can. And also that the the price will reflect the fact that it is a custom, in our case, handcrafted product. So you're gonna be looking at a higher price point. On the flip side of that is that uh, you will end up with a product that is of higher quality that will last you significantly longer. Um, and look good for significantly longer than a sort of mass-produced product. Well, Angela and uh, Jeremiah, we want to thank you for your time this morning. I'm sure that that, uh, some of the cabinetry that you're installing will be around for many generations to come. And uh, we want to thank you for your time here this morning. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank Thank you you for having us. Jeremiah and Angela Berry of J. Berry Woodcraft and Custom Design have been our guests. J. Berry Woodcraft and Custom Design is an accredited business with the BBB serving Western Ontario with an A-plus rating. Search the BBB directory under Kitchen Remodel or Woodworking and other related types and you'll find them. Highlights from the BBB Power Chat leading through change and ambiguity after the break. Welcome back. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Monica Braz, the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. Well, Monica, the monthly BBB Power Chat gives businesses some very valuable information. Absolutely. The Power Chats are 20 minutes with an expert on timely topics to support businesses. We have featured tax planning, maximizing social media presence, human resource issues, and this past month, advice on leading through change in ambiguity. The webinars are live sessions with a chance for question and answer after the presentation by the expert, but the sessions are recorded and they're still available on the bbb.org website. So what are some of the things that we'll come away with when we view the most current webinar on leading through change and ambiguity? Well, Greg Schinkel, president of Unique Training and Development, has been helping companies with leadership training and personal development for over 30 years and shared some very useful insights. He noted that COVID has shown us that change happens whether we like it or not, and that companies need to be nimble and adaptable. Here's what Greg said about ambiguity and agility. When you think of 
ambiguity and you think of agility, which I think are two important factors. Ambiguity, when you look up the definition, really is about being of two minds on something. So you have this one way of thinking and another. So in the case of change that's related to COVID, you may be a little ambiguous. Do I add staff thinking business is going to ramp up? Do I keep a lid on expenses And the truth is you probably have to consider both of those things as you come up, but not put yourself into a position where you cannot achieve the success that you're going to need. Because if you're um, a short-term realist and a long-term optimist, you have to be banking on the fact that your business ultimately will be successful. Agility then is the ability to both move quickly, but also to think quickly and to think about how things are changing and how you should change your approach. Some of you may be very analytical in your mindset and you're thinking, hey, more options, the better. But really, um, what studies have shown is that the more options that you have, the more chance you will not make a decision because there's too many things that you're thinking about in terms of what you might do. So in this case, three options is probably better than 17 options, because that way, if you have three options, you can sort through them a little easier and they can fit in some nice categories. But 17 options will just keep you churning over the what ifs indefinitely. And in business, um, because it inherently has risk, you're going to want to make sure that you know what the risks are in a few different categories so that you can make a business decision and move forward. There is no risk-free state. Greg then expands on how to narrow things down to those three options and how to evaluate their risk, keeping in mind that doing nothing is also a risk. When he talked about change, he pointed out that very few changes are implemented and work out according to your plan. So inevitably, you will encounter obstacles and you will need to make adjustments. So here is the advice he gave when measuring the success of a change. Instead of thinking about the change that you're implementing as win or lose, think about it as win or learn, because inevitably, even a change that doesn't go as well as you'd hoped, you probably got a good lesson out of it that you can use to make the next initiative that you work on more successful. He further spoke about active and passive resistors to change, noting that three quarters of employees will be passive and won't actually express their issues. So it's probably worthwhile to listen to the issues surfaced through the aggressive resistors. Greg looked at overcoming resistance through the head, heart, and feet, or logic, emotion, and action. What you focus on is important. Stop focusing on the gaps and start focusing on the gains. And that means, you know, even if you look over COVID, and especially just even think about a a restaurant operation where you couldn't serve customers inside, but then you're allowed to do curbside pickup. This happened to stores, this happened to restaurants. The first go round, everything was disorganized, it took too long, you're probably cranky as a customer. But in the end, when the second and third lockdowns and the different waves came along, they got better at doing it. And I think that. Uh, It it almost became like, here we go again. Now we can do it again and we can do it better. So we're noticing big improvements as we go along. And so it's important to remind people of the progress that they've made and the past changes that they've endured and lived through and maybe even thrived on. The second thing you can do at the heart level is encourage. And that means just getting people to get over the hump of their fears to give something a try to see if it works or not. And then finally, recognize that as you make progress, What's important is that you highlight and celebrate those milestones as you're making progress. Again, celebrating the gains. 
The entire presentation is available on the BBB YouTube channel. Just Google BBB Western Ontario, as well as you can message us at hashtag AskBBB and we can send you the link along with the PowerPoint slides that are part of the presentation. As well, you will learn about helpful books available through unique training and development. Here are some final thoughts on change. Know that change is inevitable. Uh, people say this is unprecedented and they use words like unprecedented. I'm not sure it's unprecedented if you look back over history. I think we've, uh, as a, as a, as a human, humanity, we've lived through a lot of big changes. It just may be the biggest one that you've endured. Um, but reality is we're going to have constant change and it's probably accelerating rather than slowing down. All of the Power Chats are available. If you go to YouTube and search BBB Power Chats, you'll find our channel. And here we are in June. What's planned for this month? Our presenter over the, over the summer months is Alison Graham. And we're going to talk about how you can take back your summer and implement some really useful tips that can then last you into the fall as we prepare for all of these ups and down changes for the next few months. And if you're a business owner, how do you keep good employees? Stay tuned for some tips from BBB. Welcome back to the final portion of Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. The Better Business Bureau gathers information about and for businesses across North America. In spite of the pandemic and business slowdowns in some areas, hiring and retaining new employees can actually be quite challenging right now. And BBB has gathered some information on best practices that are available on the BBB.org website. As the article points out, organizations of all sizes are offering competitive pay, bonuses, and stock options. Add to the mix perks such as working remotely, free lunches, childcare, and ample personal days, and you can see why sought-after employees might not stick around if they feel that their current position doesn't fill their needs. So, Monica, what can we learn from this article that's going to help us out? The first step to know is your retention rate, and the formula is there to calculate the rate. Hiring new employees is time-consuming and costly, so it makes good sense to keep good employees when you have them. So what are some of the things that the article points out that we can do? Employees sometimes leave because they feel overwhelmed, so set reasonable expectations. Even though an employee handles everything thrown their way with a smile, they may not necessarily be happy. They might be looking for something less stressful. We talked about BBB Power Chats a few moments ago. In April, Catherine Englander of Human Resource Partners for Business was featured as a key speaker. She zeroed in on one of the reasons people leave a company. People don't leave businesses. They leave people. They leave managers who are not treating them properly or not recognizing their good work. Because I talk about this so often, I was talking to somebody else the other day and he said, well, you know, sometimes when our president is um, upset with somebody, he just walks out and blasts them. And I said, that's, that's something that's not okay, especially in 2021. I think that perhaps 50 years ago or however long ago, you could get away with that type of thing. But now you won't for sure, because uh, somebody will call the Ministry of Labor on you or they'll quit and go find another job. And if you if you want to retain employees, you want to treat them really well. Certainly a good pointer there. And another reason to access the Power Chat series. 
So back to the article on the BBB.org website. What are some of the other pointers, Monica? Be flexible. Many companies have found that allowing employees to work remotely increases revenue and lowers costs. If the work demands that they be on site, find ways to give employees time away to handle personal appointments and family emergencies. Also, reward good work. That may seem obvious, but part of that is pay raises and bonuses. But if that isn't economically feasible, there are always other ways to show appreciation to employees, and they are outlined further in that BBB article. Can you give us a hint? Well, people like to be told that they're doing something right, so include some praise and acknowledgement. It costs nothing, and it is quite important and goes a long way. And it will cost you nothing to search out the article on the BBB.org website, and it just might save your business the cost and challenge of finding new employees. And as well, as we pointed out, check out the series of Power Chats on the YouTube channel. Search the BBB Power Chat. And Monica, that's our time for this edition of Ask BBB. You can contact us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. And if you have a question or a guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Brass. Remember, Ask BBB. And start with trust.